welcome How to How come a- you get to introduce? <laughs> Go did, ahead. We never discussed that. No, we never did. It was uh, about- You just decided I'm going to introduce. You're right. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> welcome to another episode I of probably should add some say in it. You want to introduce this? No. Welcome. That's low. The guy who's introducing is like, I'm more important than you. If you introduce, you're introducing me. It's like makes me no, special. No, no. That's, that's not what I'm thinking. Let's get going here. So it's kind of even? It's kind of even. Welcome to another episode of Stand Up Memories. That uh, reminds me of a great story as soon as you get done with the okay. introduction. Welcome to I another... I wouldn't interrupt you. I'll just don't. wait until you're done, and then I'll just go on with the story. Welcome. Jeez, I hope I don't forget the story. Welcome to another episode of Stand Up Memories. My name is Peter Bales. If you go on any longer, your hair's gonna turn white. Oh, too late. (laughs) My name is Peter Bales, the senior partner here at Stand Up Memories. Rule number one, do not give Jackie a cup of coffee. (laughs) So I'm in Fort Lauderdale. I didn't even introduce you yet. And this is Jackie Martling. And we're about to hear about Fort Lauderdale and a cup of coffee. We're, no, this is who gets to introduce. Are you more special than I am? Am I more special than you are? It's like it's like uh, the big weenie contest that always goes on. Who gets to do this? Who gets to do that? And I'm in the car, the rent-a-car with Rodney Dangerfield. We're leaving Fort Lauderdale to go to the Miami airport to turn in the rent-a-car and fly to Las Vegas where he's working at the Aladdin. We're in the car. We're late. You could, the traffic was not moving, <laughs> and it's pouring rain, pouring rain, and I'm driving. And we're not moving, and he's sitting there snorting coke and snorting coke and snorting coke. And he's, he's fidgety and out of his mind anyway without the traffic and the coke and he's sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and he, he this is so, it's so subtle. He looks over, he goes, I want to drive. I want to drive. And I'm like, okay. We get out of the car and do a Chinese fire. It's raining, a Chinese fire <laughs> drill, and we switch seats, and I, now I'm sitting here, and he's in the driver's seat, and he looks over, and he goes, better to drive, right? It's better to drive. Like, in other words, that's, that's a, more of a hierarchy. It's higher up yes. on the hierarchy to be the driver as opposed to, you know, he was so scared that, <laughs> which is the same argument about the guy. Am Who's going to do the introduction? And, you know. I always remember at the original Catch a Rising Star, do you know what David Brenner's introduction was? He would say to the MC, don't go up after the previous act. I'm just going to walk up. He wanted no introduction. And another topic is, Wow, you ask comedians about the worst introductions they've ever gotten in their careers. The stories you get. I'm sure you've got them. Listen to this. Somebody forgot my name, Peter Bales, panicked and introduced me. Here's your next comic, Norman Bates. Oh, that's... From Psycho? Just having fun with you? No, no, he spaced out. It was a mistake. Well, he he couldn't think Peter Bales. Norman Bates. And... Uh, I love that. Oh, and I was, I was actually, back in the day, I was performing at colleges when I was a young comic. And I remember the head of the, the student government 
with a large crowd introducing the comedian to a rowdy group of back in those days beer drinking college students. Right. This was my introduction. Shut up! Shut up! Right. You guys shut up! I said shut the f up! Get up here! You know, yeah. You're next. Come on! I forgot your name. Come on! That was my introduction. Yeah, they, the story. The, there's old vaudeville stories about people doing Hamlet, and the sheriff. You know, they get a guy to calm these down, and the sheriff goes up on stage and says, you know, takes out his gun. He says, "I'll shoot the next." You know, <laughs> um, the uh, what the hell did you? Oh, you made me think of. Oh, <clears throat> we oh, we might have talked about this about uh, Garrison, um, not Garrison Keeler. The, the guy from Philadelphia with the bow tie. Um, it started with a G. The guy from Philadelphia with the bow tie. And I would have remembered it, except when you forgot it, I forgot it. Right. Well, he was a comic, uh, and he was hosting geez. at Chuckles. Oh, man. And uh, I had just met him, and I didn't know him that well. And Grover Silcox. Grover Silcox. Thank and you. And he says, how would you like me to introduce you? And I was a lot more graphic than I'll put it, but I said, tell him the next comic is Jackie Martling, and he has the biggest penis on the East Coast. And he said, okay, and without even taking a breath, he walked up on stage and says, the next guy is Jackie Martling, and he has the biggest penis that anybody ever told me he has. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that is such so... Such quick thing. That is so terrific. Now, do you know the story of, of uh, Dennis Wolfberg and the blind piano player in Philadelphia? No. You know what? I haven't told this story in decades. And there used to be people that actually remembered this set. The Comedy Works in Philadelphia was on the third floor. It was a long room. And the second floor was an Indian restaurant. If you had to go to the bathroom, you literally went downstairs and walked to the restaurant in front of the belly dancer. <laughs> I'm not making up in front of the belly dancer, which I just thought this is the, and it was a great club. It was fantastic. Um, you know, Bob Saget cut his teeth there. And so the stage, it was a stage that had a fake wall. And the fake wall had a door in it. So the comics would come, you know, I guess it must have been ugly behind there, I forget. But so you came out through the door and you performed and went back out through the door. And there was a piano player that would open the show. And sometimes, I don't think he was a comic, maybe play a little, but he, he was blind. And Dennis Wolfberg always insisted on playing, on singing that stupid song, Bye Bye Miss American Pie. So he has this poor piano player play this eight-minute song with him, and they get done with the song, and there's huge applause. So Wolfberg is in his glory, and he, he's going to help the piano player because he's blind. And he gets up, and completely he's listening to the applause, and he's just got done with his set, and he's all wound up and completely forgets that the guy is blind and he walks out the door and the blind guy walks right into the wall. Oh my oh, God. Man. Oh my God. I would give, there, there were 400 people there. There has to be somebody 
who remembers <laughs> that night. And I and I hated the guy that booked that, whatever his name was, uh, uh, Steve somebody. You know, so he would never give me the time of day to remember that. But it was it was a classic. Just well, Jackie, a classic. you mentioned Dennis Wolfberg and the memories just click in. Jackie and I go back. We started in the seventies. Dennis Wolfberg, sadly, the late Dennis Wolf Wolfberg. Google him, ladies and gentlemen. So funny. Just starting to hit, and he's taken, taking from us. He was headed for superstardom. I always thought he was one of those guys that lived in New York City, and in the heat of winter, at the coldest point of winter, he had an amazing tan. He always he had an amazing tan. I don't know whether he went to the tanning lamps or whatever he did, but he always had an amazing tan, and he died of skin cancer, which is just so, like... You know, the hard he was, way he earned it. You know? He was so funny and such a nice guy and, and so smart. The main thing being how different he was. And he, with, the, with the bug with the eyes bug and eyes the red and hair, he was, he, was, he was basically bozo, you know. He was brilliant. a tenured New York City teacher. And that's a big deal to get tenure if you're a teacher. And it was a big decision for him to give up his tenure and pursue comedy full time. And do you know? Do I know where you're going? Ah, uh, you know where I'm going with this because your car broke down when we're on way, our way back from a New Jersey one-nighter. And no, we're on our way to the New Jersey one-nighter. Oh, okay, to the New. The car broke down. We actually went to a house and asked if we could have water for our radiator. Nowadays, if you went and knocked on a door, they, you'd get shot. <laughs> and I, I, we, there were no cell phones. How the hell we got a hold of the club? I have no idea. But we called, and they came from the club to get us. And we were laughing, because it's me, you, and Wolfberg. And I had the amplifier and the speakers and my guitar. So I was like, God, you know, I hope they don't. And they came with like two people. I still don't know how the hell we got two to girls that. in a in a two seater sport car. Oh, oh God. I remember that. Now I also remember breaking down on the way back with Dennis Wolfberg from a New Jersey gig, and being dropped off on the en entrance ramp. No, you. Well, this is the same gig. It's wait. You, it's, it's the same gig. My car is broken down, so we're at the club, and. They, you guys had to get back because Wolfberg's car was parked where it would get towed at 7 o'clock in the morning because it was on the side of the street. So the girl is going to give you guys a ride. So the girl, because I'm trying to get in her pants, okay. so me and the girl drive you guys and leave you at the corner of Route 3 hitchhiking. And, and this is the night that he had quit he, that morning. What I'm getting to is an image I'll never forget of hitchhiking with Dennis Wolfberg to get back to Manhattan on the day that he gave up his New York City teacher's tenure, he's got his thumb out and he turned to me and he said, I wonder if I've made the right decision. I mean, you can't get better than that. He had such a sense of irony and he wasn't doubting his decision, and, and, you know, but he, he but knew what timing, was going on. The timing oh. of it was spectacular. Uh, and, and Dennis Wolfberg is part of a story I'll never forget. We often talk about a comedy club, Rascals, which we have great affection for. Uh, perhaps the best comedy club I've ever 
been at? A big rectangular box with 400 people. Low, in. low ceiling, incredible acoustics. You know, banquet si seats. So there's people, 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 people. Oh. And uh, I was hosting a show, Packed House, Saturday night. There's a really, really talented and funny Boston comic named Teddy Bergeron. <laughs> and Teddy had his demons, and, and it was drinking. And he had had too much to drink. And I go first as the host, warm up the crowd, they're hot. I introduce Teddy Bergeron, and he goes up, and it's quickly evident that he's drunk, way too drunk to perform. And we've both seen comics go up drunk and kind of sober up over the course of their set. This they, was the most, opposite. Most guys would get through it one way or another. Yeah, this, he couldn't get through it. And he got worse as he went along, well, really only just for a few minutes. And he was so drunk, he repeated a joke. A silly joke. The joke was, I just had a penis transplant and my right hand rejected it, which gets a chuckle the first time. But he's kind of mumbling and the crowd is getting uncomfortable and he did the joke again. He actually looks at 400 people and for a second time says, I just got a penis transplant and my right hand rejected it. Dead silence, everybody's uncomfortable. And he has no idea. No, he doesn't know, he's drunk. And somebody said, oh, the horrible moment, get off the stage. You know, dead silence except one audience member, get off the stage. Or that horrible, most horrible of comments, next. Uh, or gong, oh, that's horrible. And he mumbled a couple things, and I see you that... You notice how we both know those. <laughs> <laughs> and he mumbled a couple of comments, and then, actually, I am not making this up, turned to the audience, and for the third time, third time, said, I just had a penis transplant, and my right hand rejected it. At that time... The doorman is on the side of the stage. Oh, everyone in the room is dying. Teddy, you have to come off now. And he was taken by the arm and escorted out. And I'm the host. And I have to go up after this for 400 people on a Saturday night. And I stood at the edge of the stage. And I looked at the audience. And I went. And I walked slowly to the mic at the center of the stage. And I looked at the crowd. And I said, you know, folks. I just had a penis transplant and my right hand rejected it. And the place exploded in laughter because there was tension. Course, they could, wanted the tension released. And, and there they are on nothing their, like everybody being in on it. And they were all in on it and they want their Saturday night to still be a success. They know there's more show. They want it to work. So they exploded and I started doing a few bits and they were right there for that. I did a, a, about five minutes and I brought up the headliner, the aforementioned Dennis Wolfberg, and Dennis, true to form, goes up, goes right to the microphone with his bug eyes, and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, I just had a penis transplant and my right hand rejected it. And the whole place explodes again, and he does his terrific that's, set. That's just so fun. That's, so you know. if you think about that, a joke done five times in one evening might be a record. <laughs> that, you know, I, I don't know if, it, I have always done Rapid-fire jokes, rapid-fire jokes. It's pretty close to the same act all the time. But back whenever, I, I kind of would kind of reach into the grab bag however I want. I kind of knew what. But when you were doing four shows, like 
to Friday, to Saturday, and drinking like crazy. By the time you got to the second show Saturday, even comics with their bits would be like, you know, what did I do? What didn't I do? And I'd always say, I, I better not go. No, I might have done that. And it never fails that when you get done, you listen back and you hadn't done the one you worried about. And you hadn't done the And then one right. night it came to me to do this joke. And I said, I'm not going to be a paranoid. And I did the joke. And they said, you did that five minutes ago. <laughs> and it was just, it was, it was, it was just, quite, now, did we talk about, I think we might have discussed this, so stop me, about the joke not working like it should have. I'm sure you know in your act, if there are, there's a, a rhythm. Like a joke out of 10 that gets a five is gonna get five out of 10, and a joke that gets three out of 10 is gonna get three. Right. And, but you never know what 10 is. 10 could be the laughter of a great audience of 300 people or the laughter of 14 people that aren't so good, but the three is going to be three out of 10 and the five is going to be, it's just always going to be relative. And I was rolling like a freight train downstairs in this hot, muggy crap hole of a basement in Jersey and I'm killing them. And I always recorded my micro cassette recorder and I told this joke, very specific joke about the. I I, I did this already, didn't I? No, guy, I don't think you have. About the guy, he's getting married on Saturday, so Friday night his friends take him out and they go crazy and they get him a couple girls and he goes so nuts that his penis is totally mangled. And what's he gonna do? So he takes two popsicle sticks, and puts them alongside of his penis, and wraps it in adhesive tape, right? And then he gets married, and the honeymoon night, his bride walks out naked, and she says, look, honey, untouched by human hands. And he pulls down his pants and says, look at this, not even out of the crate. Okay. <laughs> That's Which a great joke. so stupid. That's a good joke. So I'm rolling like a freight train, and the threes are getting a three, and the eights are getting an eight, and boom, 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 and that's a big laugh, and I got a laugh, but nowhere's near the laugh relative to where it should be on the scale. All right, I just kept going. Everything else was per totally normal. And I'm driving home, listening to my cassette, and I almost drove off the road because I told the joke, and I'm going a mile a minute, and I'm drinking, and I'm having time in my life, and I'm telling the joke, and they're laughing. I'm telling a joke, and they're laughing. I told a joke, and they kind of laughed at that, but not that hard. I completely forgot to tell them about the popsicle sticks and the music. <laughs> and they just trusted me and laughed. <laughs> You know, every comic, this is inside comedy stuff. Comics, if a, if a joke has the same rhythm and you're not listening, you can actually be doing your act by rote and not paying attention or thinking about the next thing you're going to do. And in those conditions, that's when you can do a setup that has the same rhythm as another joke and do the setup for one joke and then the punchline for another. And also inside comedy. It's like going to the wrong girlfriend's house. That's, that's, that's happened to you many times. Yeah, sure. um, comedians tend to rate their jokes uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, with the 10 being the highest and obviously a 1 being crickets. Or at a See, club. That, right, right there's a difference between you and me. See, but. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't have any 1s in my act. Well, I'm, I was about to ask you. <laughs> I actually have some jokes that are negative numbers, <laughs> but I do. I tell my comedy students 
that you're working toward getting all your jokes in your act, nines and tens. And you know, six, sevens, and eights need to be fixed. That's, that's the scale that I use when, when I teach comedy to, to new comedians. I was gonna ask you, what are you doing a three for? <clears throat> you know, the, I tell people, the way I work it is, when I was, now I've got so many gazillions of jokes and I just use the ones that I'm, they're so surefire, I just tell the audience, look, these are time tested. I'm not testing me, I'm testing you. Yeah, you know? yeah. But the way I tell people, like if you come up with a line or a joke, you do it three times. And after the third time, if they haven't laughed, it goes. It goes. Unless you're married to it. If something you really like and you really think is funny, the hell with them. You keep it for you. Right. Because I have jokes in my act that I still, to this day, can't believe they don't see it coming and it kills them. And I almost want to say, how can you, I'm not going to say which jokes they are because I'll get in trouble. But what Jackie's saying is the audience decides what's funny, ultimately, not the comedian. The audience decides. You know what Jerry Seinfeld told me one time at the comic strip? He told strip? you quit, right? He said, <laughs> he said, this is not for you. Um, Jerry Seinfeld told me, he mentored me. He didn't know he was mentoring me, but I was watching his every word for a couple of years, though, when I started a comic strip in New York City. Um, he told me a joke has to work 10 out of 10 times or you have to drop it. A joke has to work 10 out of 10 times or you have to drop it, and he's right. I understand exactly what he's saying, if the conditions are right. I mean, you can't do a joke suddenly standing up in the Port Authority uh, that, you don't count that as one of the 10 times. But if everything's fine and it's not working 10 out of 10, you have to drop it. So basically what Seinfeld is telling you is it's in your interest to have a good act. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home. I've had enough of this. I've had enough uh, show business for today. But I love this. This is inside comedy. And uh, these stories are so the wonderful. Feed, the feedback we seem to be getting is people are enjoying this stuff, so please join us again. For our next episode of Stand Up Memories. I'm going to say goodbye. Bye. Hey, a new episode of Stand Up Memories every Wednesday. How exciting is that? Starring me, Peter Bales, and right here, Jackie the Joke Man Martin. Please follow us on social media. Search it out. What is it? MeSpace? MySpace, your space, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Duda, duda. <laughs> <laughs>